0: Hi, it's Michael Anthony, and welcome to Episode 3 of the Epiphanitis Podcast. As with the first two, I'm trying something new. First episode, I was, uh, well, trying something new, a new podcast. But, uh, Episode 2, well, that I tried, <laughs> uh, just recording when and where I was inspired. And while I think that did lend some nice variety to it and some adventure... It was also, I think, too all over the place, and I want to kind of try to narrow it down. I mean, s- still have tangents, don't get me wrong. I'm all about the tangents, but I want to kind of, you know, try to focus on one topic at a time and maybe some tan- tangential topics around it, directly around it maybe, instead of, you know, I was all over the place, So like, like literally all over the place last episode, like I had... Three different locations, three different microphones. Well, in the third episode, I am using a fourth microphone, but don't worry, this time I think we're going to be more on track. How about that? Unless you really like the long rambling tangents, I mean the ones that go on from one place to another and you you don't know what's coming next. If you like that, let me know and maybe I'll try to continue or at least steer it in that direction again. But for now, gonna try to keep it tight, gonna try to keep it on track the whole time and let's see what happens. I keep using the word new. It's This is springtime, uh, at least in the Northern Hemisphere, a time of renewal. And as the atheistic pagan that I am, I do like to meditate on the natural cycles of nature. Redundant. But this newness has taken on new meaning for me because I feel like a different person. This is my epiphany of the week and it's showing in physical ways that I never expected. Since I have a whole YouTube series about my being a carnivore, eating only meat, I'm not going to get into that here too much unless you'd like to hear about it. But I, I just did a video about the fact that I've gone from an XL to an s i have gone from an extra large in clothing to a small and while the internal changes that that can that's one thing even the physical changes that's another thing but My goodness, when you actually have to buy new clothes to not look like a clown, it's amazing. And now that I'm in these slimmer clothes, also more active clothes, because now that I feel healthier, I want to move more. My body just wants to move, so I'm way more active, and I can't be all bundled up in these... And... and, antiquities that i tend to enjoy so so it's a little uncomfortable i'm going out outside of my comfort zone but that's a good thing because it's all it's all very practical in some ways i mean sometimes i'm you know getting a hole in my jeans and i don't want that to happen to my my fancy slacks but i'm not used to dressing that way Just, you know, just like someone else might feel out of place in a suit, I feel kind of out of place in a t-shirt, which is what I'm wearing right now. As you can see on camera if you're watching this on YouTube, but this is also a podcast. So these very physical changes that sent me down to the haberdashery, uh, it all clicked so much from the fact that I tried the shirt on in the fitting room just for a lark, And the darn thing fit to laundry day when I'm looking at the clothes I'm washing and on the tag it says S. I've never gotten emotional over uh, a tag on a t-shirt, but here I am thinking, wow, this is me? This is my laundry? It it really kind of messes with my head, to be honest. I don't really know how to process it. This started yesterday when I tried and fit the clothes, but... I'm going to be processing this for a while. I mean, it's been step by step. First, just uh, getting down to a medium, that was exciting. And uh, when suddenly weight loss became a goal, I didn't expect to be ready by spring to, to try out new clothes. I thought maybe summer, whatever. It's just, but yes, springtime renewal, and I just, I'm excited but confused. I mean, who is this guy? I have to ask myself who this guy is sometimes, actually every day, frequently. Uh, it's, it's not a, a bad thing, it's just uh, something to get adjusted to. I don't, I don't know how I'm going to feel five years from now, 10 years from now, but it's a bit of a shock to realize how much you can change in a very short period of time. For me, about seven months, uh, being a carnivore, that has been just the biggest change of my life. And that along with, okay, I was joking last year that I had overdosed on red pills. And yeah, I do wear a trench coat. I'm a black guy with a bald head. So yes, Morpheus. I've gotten the Morpheus jokes since I was a trench coat wearing teenager back in the the, the aughts. All right. I just had to start over due to technical difficulties, but I am going back to my point. That's right. Staying on track. So these red pills were uh, these revelations about myself and my world that I, I realized I was living under illusions. I thought that I wanted to date. I realized that dating wasn't for me, so I stopped dating it's kind of controversial to a lot of people for some reason that really want you to find that special someone but you know i feel i've had a, a, a few special someones in my life and that's enough for me at, at least for now but uh, you know i don't really anticipate any change in that matter however i'm realizing just how much someone can change in such a short time. And so, yeah, uh, I'm not on edge about it, but just thinking, what's next? What's going to change about me next? Because I can't deny those changes. I won't deny those changes, those revelations. I will embrace them if they do arrive. And the other big red pill that arrived last year was my carnivorous diet, finding carnivory was really an even bigger change in my life because it affected my whole, my health affects everything, so it affected everything on just such a fundamental level. It probably will even affect how long I get to do these things that I do. What I'd like to focus on now is just the subjective experience of feeling like you're a different person. Because I feel like a very different person than I was even seven months ago. Visually, emotionally, it's just everything has changed so much. I can barely keep up with myself. I think this is just something that happens. You live long enough, and eventually, you know, age in my case, age 34, a lot of things really changed. And now I have no idea what might come down the road, but I know that I'll be more ready for it because having gone through such a big change so quickly once, surely the next time will be a breeze sarcasm in case it wasn't obvious enough and of course there's the old truism that people never really change and on a certain level perhaps i don't feel my ideology has changed overall i mean it's uh, really, it's my core philosophy and attitude is basically the same, but it's a different emotional response to it, I guess. I'm My attitudes toward my attitudes have changed. One of the more uncomfortable ones for me that I refuse to resist is, except for fun, is t- just feeling like a more peaceful person. I feel very much at peace overall. And that's not something I'm used to. I'm used to feeling very, not belligerent, but certainly, okay, sometimes belligerent, (laughs) but irritable. I was certainly very irritable when I was a Carb eater. When I ate car, when I, I used to love my pizzas and my sandwiches and all, all. Yeah, but switching over to meat only and essentially becoming ketogenic. That's what I I try to focus on when I do discuss nutrition. Is the ketogenic aspect of it that I'm reducing carbs. Anyway, yeah, that tangent was brought to you by carnivory. So, getting back on track, I do feel like a more peaceful person. And I'm not a hippie, but I am not all peace and love. I do. I am a realist. I recognize the necessity of just... Struggle and violence because not only for food, obviously, but also for just protecting yourself. If someone tries to hurt you, you have to strike back or at least avoid them. You have to d- take charge and do something active. I don't, I, passivity and just meditating ain't gonna do it. But I do think that meditation is a very beneficial practice. My form of meditation is usually artistic. I draw with intent, and, and that's a, a way of tuning into my energies and resonating with the universe. Obviously, I get very defensive when I start discussing anything that can be considered woo-woo, because I, as a skeptic someone who tries to take the skeptical view of anything is it, i you know my my skepticism is on both sides, all right it's it's on the the scientific side where everything has to be measured and and proven. and also my skepticism is is on the other side where I think. What if there's more? What if there is something we don't understand, and I stay open to it? So they balance each other out. I think that they're, they're seen as too mutually exclusive, the rational side of things and the magical side of things, and magic doesn't have to be this this mystical thing. It's I just listened to the audiobook of Real Magic by Dr. Dean Radin, and Boy, that was a great, great read. It was an outstanding listen. And he shows that there is scientific evidence for the strange, what can be considered psychic phenomena that happen around us from affecting things with your mind to to seeing things that aren't right there in front of you. It's I, I don't experience a lot of those things, but I do experience a lot of synchronicities. A lot of things happen that seem just too odd to be coincidences and these little, what you can consider, signs. And I, I, I just, uh, again, the other skeptic in me says, oh, well, it, it, maybe they are just coincidences, but I try to see these signs as not some something from a, a big sky daddy or something or or even an infernal fire daddy, but a just, I don't think that humans are that big a deal. I think that we're just weird animals and <laughs> that we really think we're more important than we are. So I don't see a sign from the universe as some, some divine thing necessarily. And what is divine? I question the very concept of divinity. Something that's what? So powerful that you have to prostrate yourself before it? You have to bow down before some, something just because it's powerful? I think you just work with it and respect it. Boy, I'm really going off here, aren't I? Well, all that was me just being defensive about my little bit of woo-woo. I, I'm i feeling peaceful, and I am am trying to be just more accommodating in my daily life, and... I, don't, I think it's fine, it's good, it, it puts me at peace. So there I go being selfish all over again and proud of it. I'm selfish and I don't think that's a bad thing because, hey, my selfishness is bringing happiness into the world, starting with me and then radiating out into all the other people that I I almost said that I touch. But uh, now these days you can't say things like that. The people that I encounter throughout my day. And that, to me, is a form of magic, transforming your own psyche so that that uh, positive change radiates out into the world. I think that's just undeniable magic and very practical as well. Meanwhile, back on planet Earth, the real reason for my peacefulness, as far as I can tell, is that I don't get hangry anymore. I don't get that hunger-anger. It's... A good, good, good feeling to know that, hey, I could use a bite to eat, but I'm not grumpy about it. I just feel maybe a little more tired, and I'll get to the food when I get to it. Many times now, I'll just kind of, I'll get hungry, but then put it off, or I can't eat right then, and I wind up in an automatic intermittent fast, and intermittent fasting is part of my lifestyle. It's a sub-epiphany, you could call it. It's something that I found as a subset of my carnivory. So yeah, there's a peaceful nature coming out of me that I never really expected, and uh... It's fine. I don't mind. I feel I feel good and that's what counts. Selfish. These big changes can also bring on a lot of nostalgia and trying to figure out was this some it was the seed of this huge personality shift somewhere in the past is there something I can look back on and say Yeah, that was me, and that's still me. And, and, well, looking back, I was always a kid who would, on the playground, try to help all the other little kids. If another kid fell, I would you know go and help him up in the in the sandbox and you know to this day there was a, a guy and this was years ago on the subway platform who uh, fell and he had a walker so he was just very very ill and i no one else no one was helping him he was all the way on another platform i ran up the stairs and this was the middle of the summer so so hot i ran down the stairs Yeah, started uh, just helping the guy, and then eventually another guy helped me, which was very, very good because I didn't know what to do. But I did go and get the police to help, so that was one thing. But um, in the meantime, this other guy helped. But there there were people just staring, and that infuriated me. It it infuriates me to. I, I have yelled at strangers who were being incredibly rude, and while that is incredibly stupid in New York City, I I guess that I was intimidating enough at the time that um, they corrected their behavior. Except for one preacher, who was yelling at this woman, who was crying and saying, please, please, I just want to go home. I... Oh, my goodness. This guy was just the worst, and I see him every now and then, and I'll joke with uh, other passengers about him, but he is just so loud and hateful, I can't stand it. Wow, I went kind of to an angry place there. Oh, so much for being peaceful. But I think that's another part of being a peaceful person. I'm not going to say that I'm a peaceful warrior. That's another bit of woo-woo, and that's not one that I even really know much about. But it's, uh, yeah, being someone who stands up for justice is definitely a part of being a peaceful person. Because the only way to have peace is to wage war when you have to. It's a sad fact, but it's true. Nature can be harsh. I would not say that nature is cruel, but it is harsh. Cruelty suggests uh, malicious intent that I refuse to ascribe to the energies of the universe. I think that malicious intent comes from human beings who were just smart enough to be stupid enough <laughs> they're, they're just smart enough to be stupid enough to to uh, I don't know to 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 do the things we do. How much stupid crap do humans do on a daily basis, on a, a millennial basis? Did I say that I've found inner peace? Hey, I'm no yogi, all right. I'm just being myself, and sometimes that self kvetches. I kvetch. I like to kvetch. I'm not. I'm not raving mad. I'm just blowing off some steam ah you see you see i told you people don't change like i said i'm still the same person but my reaction to things is different i have a more peaceful reaction to things than i used to even if i didn't just demonstrate it (laughs) if anything i just demonstrated my old self but without the rage I don't know how much I've said is illustrative of the essence of becoming a different person, at least feeling like a different person, but I'd have to assume that something I'm saying resonates with someone, otherwise what's the point? and if any of this sounds like altruism i am most certainly not an altruist i mean as you can probably tell from my comments about selfishness but i do believe in trying to be the best person you can in the sense that you try not to hurt anyone in the pursuit of your pleasures and your your goals i should say your other goals because pleasure should be a goal said the Epicurean. And while I am not an altruist, I do feel this very strong desire to help others always have. And that's a huge part. In fact, that's the very reason I started making these videos on a regular basis is that I... I mean, the carnivore videos because, you know, these are new. But no, these too. (laughs) All of this is... Part of me just trying to share inspiration. And inspiration is so important, but something that is often overlooked. I, a lot of my irritability in the past has been due to the fact that I live in an environment that is not conducive. To epiphanies. It's a very busy city, always a lot of noise, and there are always distractions. If you're paying attention, it seems fewer and fewer people are paying attention these days, but uh, eh, not going to go off on that tangent, yeah, especially after that last angry one. And um, if you heard the last podcast, I, I do mention that need to have a supportive environment. It, that's very important, but If you can't control the external environment, you control the internal environment. That's, you know, visualization and meditation and just anything, any cognitive tool that'll get you... Tuned in to yourself again because this world is full of distractions and they're not out there to benefit you. They're out there to benefit someone else. And until you have that epiphany, you're practically a zombie without realizing it, in my opinion. Clearly not a problem any of you have because you have excellent taste. You're listening to this. You know, there's so much in the world that I can't change that you can't change, at least on a grand scale. You have to start with yourself. But uh, this reminds me of something from one of the best books for epiphanies that I know, Howard Bloom's The Lucifer Principle, in which he discusses the dark side of of nature, especially human nature. And there's a particular passage that stuck with me more than any other. And while I'm not going to quote it word for word, it basically sums up the fact that the most distressing thing that an organism can experience is a lack of choice. So when we feel that we can't, we're we're tuned into the 24-hour news and just dismayed at the state of the world, things that we can't individually change like that or within our lifetimes, it's things that have been happening for millennia, if not millions or billions of years. Cells fight amongst each other. Yeah, these monocellular organisms are at war on our very flesh. So, you know, it's it's a belligerent universe in some ways. But uh, yeah, back to my point: the things that you can't change can torture you, and. I don't believe in dwelling on those. I believe in being generally aware of the state of things, but not dwelling on them beyond that, that, the usefulness of that awareness. There's only so much that you can dwell on it before you just get depressed or angry, You don't... How's that going to help? Great, now you feel bad. That's... I would think that unless you're someone who's actually an activist, that dwelling on those things is overall a negative. But if you are an activist, you're using that to fuel your uh, progressive activities. So that's something else altogether, I think. Maybe it's a personality thing. You know, some people are just more altruistic, and I'm so grateful for those people, and I try to work with them and support them. But I am basically apolitical and keep to myself in many regards, but there are certain principles that I think really, they've changed my life for the better, and I try to share those with others to try to bring. That's my activism, to spread the word about my epiphanies, because... They've helped me and maybe they'll help you. And you know, there I go being defensive again. It's. I'm not used to having these. anything close to altruistic feelings, despite my n- nature, my. Since childhood, enjoying the feeling of helping others. It's, I enjoy the feeling of helping others, but I don't, I'm not used to reaching out to try to help others in the way that I have been through these videos and podcasts. And I think that defensiveness comes from just, uh, this guardedness, this sense that I, I don't want to be a sucker, all right? I, I, I'm not going to be anyone's sucker. I'm going to am still always checking on everyone's angle. What's your angle? What are you after? What are you trying to do here? What do you want? Uh, because I don't have time for this right now. Or I might not have time for this right what, what, you, what you, If it's a good thing, yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk. But if you're just trying to get something out of me without giving anything in return, I'm probably... Nah. No. So you see, the fact that I am trying to give something without asking anything in return is... uh, it's different. It's different. However, I would be a fool if I didn't mention that I finally set up a Patreon. After probably years of encouragement from my friends and family, I've started a Patreon, and I do encourage you to check it out if you're interested. I... Have just <clears throat> posts that I don't generally share. I'm going to be posting there, and there's this little. I like to try to show the mess of uh, trying to find yourself, trying to re- refine yourself, and your especially your creative voice. It's a a process that doesn't look pretty all the time, and frequently is just. Uh, it's a train wreck, and I, I I have to show that side of it, of things sometimes, but I try not to. I mean, I'm trying to edit these videos and podcasts less. You know, you see hear more stuttering because I I don't I'm not a stutterer, but I do fumfer. I love that word fumfer. Not a lot of people know it. It seems I bring it up in conversation, and eh, it's. I love words. Did I mention I love words? You know, fumfer, little noises you make uh, while you semi-stutter. You try to figure out what you're going to say and you, (laughs) you know, that kind of thing. Fumfer. So, hey, I'm a heck of a salesman, huh? I really hate bringing money and creativity together for some reason. I'm not against money, but I always have trouble monetizing my creative work because i don't really enjoy trying to get paid to do something that i love doing however the things that i'm doing now require more resources and it would be very you know good if i could do that while at least breaking even i ain't mr money bags over here you know so you can find me on patreon.com and my username is Michael Anthony m You can also find me on Twitter at grotesquery, that's the word grotesque and an R-I-E, as well as grotesquery on Instagram. I'm on Instagram a lot more than the other things, I'd say, because I'm an artist and I like to draw and put things up there. Also stuff about my carnivory, sometimes links to videos and stuff like that, you know all the social media stuff. I'm not huge on social media, but when it can be used to share inspiration, boy am I there. And thank you for being here. Thanks for listening. This is Michael Anthony and this has been Epiphanitis. I don't know whether I have any theme music for this one, but we'll see. This is evolving. You're seeing the mess along the way. You'll be that you'll you'll be able to see you were there when. Thanks for being here on the ground floor. I'll see you with another episode of Epiphanitis soon. Until then, stay inspired.